0: Today is November 20th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia is happening in 2023. Let's get into it. I previously mentioned how Crawford and Spence is a huge fight in the sport of boxing, but it's not a huge fight outside the sport of boxing. Excuse my dog wagging his tail over here. Ryan versus Tank is both a huge fight in the sport, but it's also massive outside of the sport. This has all of the ingredients of a box office bonanza. These two guys have huge fan bases and each bring in unique audiences as well. Ryan has built an impressive social media following. His eye-catching training videos seem to always go viral. Um, he brings in a much younger demographic than most other fighters. He also brings in a large female following that would rival Prime Oscar De La really. And Tank Davis, on the other hand, brings in the casual sports fan. He'll bring in members of the hip-hop community. He'll bring in celebrities from all different genres. I was at his last fight, and it was jam-packed. At the Barclays Center, it was littered with A-listers. I'm talking Michael Strahan, Magic Johnson, Naomi Osaka. Even Madonna was in the building. She was ringside, actually. Tickets for this fight are going to be flying off the virtual shelves. This is a true pop culture event. Something we haven't seen in high-level boxing since Mayweather McGregor. And McGregor was making his pro debut, mind you. This is much different. This is two guys in their prime boxing career, undefeated with large followings. The trash talk and the hype for this fight will be wildly entertaining. The difference is what takes place inside the ring will be just as fascinating. I know it's way too early to fully preview this fight, but I do want to get into it right now because it is a hot topic. So let's talk about these styles real quick. Ryan Garcia is a tall fighter for the division. He has blindingly fast hands and a left hook that is up there with the very best in the entire sport today. His left hand is mesmerizing. The way he can turn that jab into a hook in the blink of an eye. Scratch that. Even if you don't blink, you might miss it. Several of his knockouts literally require slow motion replay to pinpoint exactly where the shot landed. Don't be fooled by this guy's corny videos and some of the things he says that you may scratch your head when you hear it. This guy has the talent to be at the top of the sport. He also has the confidence to match. Pretty much the reason why he's pushing so hard to make this fight. He truly believes he's going to stop Tank. But with all that said, there are some flaws to his game. His right hand seems a little underdeveloped. Um, He is a natural right hander, I believe. As far as boxing stands, I don't know if he writes with his right hand, but the left hand seems far more advanced. I think his recent change in trainers actually is going to help that. He was previously in Canelo's camp with Eddie Reynoso, the head trainer, before training to uh, go into the Goosen gym. He's already had a couple fights with Joe Goosen, and you can really tell the difference in his commitment to the right hand. I think it's going to take a little while before he's comfortable with it. It has been two fights already with Goosen. And I think that's where the tune-up before the Tank fight is really going to help. That's another uh, time where he can work on that. Because the effectiveness or the lack thereof of Ryan Garcia's right hand will be a major factor in the fight with Tank. Another flaw of Ryan's is his chin seems to be in the air as he throws combinations. That's a huge, huge thing he needs to work on. That is probably the most important thing going into a fight with a finisher the caliber of Tank Davis. We saw this almost cost Ryan in his fight with Luke Campbell. Um, Granted, he made great adjustments. That's what I will say about Ryan. Before that fight, I remember saying, I want to see him in a position where he's uncomfortable. I want to see what happens and how he reacts when things don't go his way. They certainly didn't go his way early in that Campbell fight, but he made the adjustments. So that is something that comes with experience. He has to go through these things to, to make it to the top if he ever is going to. Another flaw for Ryan, his flat footedness. He's really slow with his feet. As fast as his hands are, his feet are not that fast at all. And they're not fluid. They don't see, he doesn't seem comfortable sometimes in transitions. So that can work in his favor when he's throwing power on shot. So He has his feet planted at all times. Kind of like Danny Garcia, another guy with a great left hook. They do keep their feet planted, but it can be detrimental if he's in there with someone that can move on their toes extremely well. As for Javante Davis, Tank Davis has hand speed as well. Um, He also has concussive power, though, in both hands. His straight left hand, the uppercut from either side, those are probably his best weapons. But to me, the most impressive part of his game is his patience. I've talked about this before, and I compared it to Canelo in some ways. Contrary to popular belief, Tank Davis is a thinking man in that ring. He's extremely patient. He's not just a reckless puncher. He loves to set you up and lure you into a false sense of security before he lines you up for that knockout shot. Also, as far as Tank's flaws, he's a notoriously slow starter. That's something that he does have the patience, but the negative to that is he's a slow starter. He tries to figure you out, which is a good thing, but he just isn't busy enough to to win the early rounds in a lot of his fights. He's kind of a little bit too, I mean, he's patient You still want to be patient, but you do want to throw the jab out there a little bit more so you're not completely losing around. His defense also isn't always there. Neither one of these guys are going to be mistaken for Pernell Whitaker, Ryan, or Tank. Um, I do think Tank is responsible defensively, but there is times he's been touched up, Uh, most notably against Roley in his last fight. Leo Santa Cruz was getting to him. Mario Barrios probably was the most effective, but Tank just needs to... uh, to work on that a little bit, tighten it up, especially with a big puncher like Ryan. He can use lateral movement at times to his advantage. You don't want to get kind of caught in between exchanges, though, when you're when you're moving in and out. Um, of course, he's a shorter guy, so he has to do that more often. He has a less margin for error, does Tank Davis. But if he makes a mistake of not backing up at the right moment and leaving his hands down like he did with Barrios, that would be a huge mistake against Ryan Garcia, and he would be in trouble. So I think that's what makes this fight so great, is these guys do have flaws. They do have things that they need to work on, and that's why it's going to be a fun, fun fight inside the ring. These guys are going for the kill. These are two guys that I think are misunderstood a little bit. Ryan Garcia, you kind of look at him, a lot of people look at him and think he's just some pretty boy. Uh, people tell him, go be a modelist, things like that. No, this kid actually is a good fighter, and he has the mindset. That's the most important thing. The mindset not only to to make sure this fight was happening, but like I mentioned earlier in the Luke Campbell fight, he has the mindset to say, okay, I just got rocked. I just got put down pretty bad. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to quit? No, he's going to get up and fight, and he actually went for the stoppage and went for the kill in that fight and ended the fight with a body shot. So he's proven he can go through adversity. Tank has proven that in the Mario Barrios fight. Uh, in the Leo Santa, I mean, uh, not the Leo Santa Cruz fight, the Isak Cruz fight, where he had he a had broken hand midway through that fight, and he was probably down going into like the ninth or tenth, and he made the adjustments, especially in that twelfth round. If it was up for grabs in that twelfth round, he left no doubt and outboxed Isak Cruz on his back foot with one hand. That is a highly skilled and highly motivated and mentally strong person to go in there. And just do what you have to do to win. When things are going tough, you walk through fire and you get the W. And that's what both of these guys have done. So I can't wait to see how they adjust to each other in real time. It's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a massive event. And I can't wait for it. And I'm glad that these two guys made it happen in an era that Crawford and Spence can't come to a deal. It's refreshing to see these younger guys go out there and just make the fights happen. We're seeing David Benavidez is going to fight Caleb Plant. We've already seen Tiafima Lopez fight Lomachenko. We're on the verge of seeing Haney fight Lomachenko. Uh, We've seen Shakur Stevenson make it happen versus Valdez, and he's looking for big opponent after big opponent. We see these guys, Brandon Figueroa and Steven Fulton, making it happen. Like These guys are going out of their way to deliver fights. We're a few weeks away from seeing Michelle Rivera versus Frank Martin, two undefeated 135-pound contenders that are both extremely promising, but they need that signature win. And what better way to match up against each other and fight each other and the winner will have that cemented win on their resume to catapult them into bigger and better things. It's amazing that we're getting these fights now. And they're all getting announced pretty much consecutively. It's Boxing is a roller coaster. We were down when the Crawford and Spence news broke that the fight wasn't going to take place. And now it's like a roller coaster. If you've ever been on one, you know, usually they start really slowly rising to the top. And that's where boxing's heading right now. We're going to end the year with some good stuff. But this announcement, really to cap off the year, is something that gives us hope for the following year. And there's nothing better than hope in the sport of boxing because you have things lined up and you can't wait. to How are they going to match up? What's going to happen? We're actually going to find out. There is a little um, speed bump on the way. Both guys are taking fights in the meantime. It was announced there were going to be tune-ups, but Tanks Davis's fight is no tune-up. He is fighting Hector Luis Garcia on January 7th before he fights Ryan Garcia, and that is a tough, tough matchup. I like Hector Luis Garcia. He is a guy that has been playing spoiler all too well destroyed Chris Colbert derailing the hype train for that guy who was lining up to fight Shakur Stevenson that didn't take place because Luis Garcia came in and walked through Colbert dropped him hurt him beat him up badly he's a left-hander with power he's unbeaten he is a tough competitor he knows what it takes he is not a type of guy that Tank is just going to walk through it's going to be tough I do favor Tank of course but it's going to be a fun one. Ryan Garcia's opponent has not been named yet, but he stated he is fighting in January as well. And then they look to meet up in April. But to end the year, to get all this good news, and we have a run of, I believe, four weeks in a row with some some real quality fights. Starting next weekend, the 26th, we have Regis Progre against Jose Zapata. This is for the vacant WBC 140-pound title. That Josh Taylor relinquished. This is a fun one. Ridge's Pro Gray is one of the best fighters on the planet. I think the fact that he has been under the radar for the past few years is making people forget about how great he really is. This is a guy who went to war with Josh Taylor, lost a majority decision. It was very close. Could have went either way. I thought Josh Taylor won it, but it was a close and really competitive fight. Since then, he's had three fights. Three knockouts. None of them have gone longer than six rounds, but none of them have been against a real, real quality opponent. I think that is why people kind of forget the level of reach program. Only one loss, and that's to Josh Taylor. He's a vicious knockout puncher. He comes to take your head off, but he's also highly skilled, does pretty much everything well. He's a southpaw. He's a tough guy to deal with. And I think he's going to prove that against Zapata. Zepeda. Zapata's a warrior. Zapata is a veteran of the sport, 36 victories, only two losses, 28 knockouts. His only losses are to Jose Ramirez, which was a really close, close fight that could have went either way, and Terry Flanagan, early second round, like, fluke type of victory. That's it. Zapata has been on fire. He's got wins over Pedraza. He's got wins over Baranchik. That Baranchik fight, fight of the year 2020 for my money. If you haven't seen that fight, go watch Ivan Baranchik. Versus Jose Zepeda. Simply cannot miss type of fight. Instant classic. Both guys were knocked down multiple times. Definitely check that one out. Against Regis Progre, I think he does have a chance. He is a boxer puncher. He can brawl with you. He's also a southpaw. He's technical. But I just think Regis Progre has too much power. And is just so hungry to get back to where he thinks he belongs and that is championship level. I think everyone's going to finally wake up and see that Progre has always been on this level. He just hasn't been at the forefront the last couple of years. That's going to be a fun one. That's next weekend. The weekend after that, we have the trilogy. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez against Juan Estrada for the third time. That's going to be an all-out war. The week after that, December 10th, we have Tiafimo Lopez in Madison Square Garden against Sandor Martin. This is an extremely interesting one because originally it was going to be Jose Pedraza versus Tiafimo Lopez. I'm a fan of Jose Pedraza. Very technical boxer. Puerto Rican. um, Loves to come to fight. Loves to outthink you. But he's been a little... He's not the same, I'll say. He's not in his prime. He'd been knocked out by Tank Davis. He's been beaten by Lomachenko. The shine isn't really on Pedraza like it once was. So apparently Pedraza got sick, had to pull out. So Fimo Lopez is now fighting a replacement. The replacement, Sandor Martin, is a much more difficult fight in my opinion. Sandor Martin thoroughly outboxed Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia was looked at to just go through Sandor Martin. People didn't know much about Sandro Martin. Sandro Martin is the type of guy that makes great fighters look average. He is tough. He is a very difficult, tall southpaw with reach. He's just very tricky, very crafty. He's in his prime. People don't know too much about the guy. But listen, he really outclassed Mikey Garcia. He's the definition of a trap fight. Tiafimo Lopez has to be on his A game if he's going to win this one. This is a really tough matchup, way tougher than the original opponent. less known, but more difficult. That's a sport of boxing for you. That card is really interesting as well because it has Xander Martin. I mean, uh, Xander Martin. It has Xander Zayas on the card. It'll have Keyshawn Davis on the card. It'll have Jared Anderson on the card. So they're really loading up that top-ranked card at the end of the year. And then the following week and December 17th, you have the matchup that I mentioned earlier, Michelle Rivera versus Frank Martin, two undefeated 135-pounders looking to make a statement. So the end of the year is going to be fun. But with the news that we've heard recently, the Caleb Plant versus Benavides fight, the Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis deal, the talks of Virgil Ortiz versus Stanley the potential Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence fight, The future is bright. Hope you guys enjoy the fights. Thank you guys for tuning in. Give me that five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I appreciate it. I'm out.